0: Hi, you're listening to Mixed Congeniality on Radio Fodder. This episode was recorded on the stolen land of the Wurundjeri people.
1: This podcast was also recorded on the lands of the Wadjuk
0: Noongar people. We would like to pay our respects to the elders past, present, and emerging and acknowledge that this land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. (laughs) A babe boss at Rockingham General. (laughs)
1: Congeniality is a love letter to our younger selves who pretended not to know what a Wattpad was and watch Fast and Furious on a first date. We deep dive into topics that have been thrown in the chicklet bin. We dust them off, polish them up, and go on ADHD tangents while we're at it. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Oh, it is. It is a delight.
0: Chelsea, um, <laughs> am... tell me about your sexy, sexy fortnight in lockdown.
1: Fortnite in lockdown. ha. Huh? You mean the game that Ariana Grande invented? Um, so, okay, so for our last episode.
0: <laughs> we could restart now, you know, and you would be able to not say that. And we I am not editing that time. out.
1: I feel like you to include that. Um, I just feel like that's important for my brand. So for those of you who aren't aware, I'm cur- I decided to make the decision to quarantine in WA. Um, and just vibe here and then go back to Melbourne once once I'm also fully vaxxed as well and I feel like it's a bit safer because I am an at-risk youth Um, so I was just like yeah might as well do that so I'm in quarantine I have two days and a few hours left Woo! um exhausted I was starting off being like I'm gonna be so productive I was like on Duolingo I was reading I was doing and all of these things and like doing my readings on time in fact, early even. Oh yeah. And then I discovered never I had
0: been done before.
1: Yes, yeah, never been done. I discovered I have assignments, and ev- it's like September where all of my mm. commitments have their massive like calendar things. You're
0: happening. fucking busy at the moment. I am busy. Oh, shit, wait, my t- oh, alarm's my going up. It's okay. My <laughs>
1: groovy. <laughs> it's okay, my I think they sent me in the
0: middle. The, the playtime alarm. I've trialled many alarms because I set alarms for a lot of things. Otherwise, I just have no grasp on time and i think the playtime alarm is the peak number one of the apple alarms. this is my advice i'm imparting onto the people
1: i do like it. i also like the chimes
0: um chimes is fun
1: to, i think um but even then i hate the idea of waking up to alarms anyway
0: yeah i try not to i mostly set alarms like during the day so i don't spend like four hours doing one thing yeah mm-hmm
1: that's on ADHD. But yeah, um, Sorry. <laughs> just like in quarantine. Um, how have you been, Harvey?
0: I've been, I mean, hanging out. I'm currently, I want to say 45 minutes into Girlboss Cinderella. Mm-hmm. um, And it's like bad. Yeah, that's it. I've been in lockdown, but not as severely as you, obviously. Um, And I'm kind of just... You know, it was the start of spring this week. I love the start of spring, Mm -hmm. and I just spent like two straight days hanging out outside in my backyard and like reading and doing uni work, but kind of like half heartedly, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and cooking nice food and like making some soups. And it's been it's been an okay week, but I've also had a couple days like last week, especially when we didn't have an episode real real in the in the depths of it so some good and some bad but at the moment i'm feeling pretty okay i um made i ordered a bed base and i it arrived today and i had to construct my bed base i felt very um women in stem <laughs> giving women in women, STEM for <laughs> women in stem <laughs> constructing my ikea bed base um and i'm feeling like a full adult now that's, so that's so, me
1: that's so beautiful and exciting i'm so happy for yeah. you Thanks, man. I know that we can't really choose when we have lockdowns and it's kind of bad that we're in a spot where we, you know, have lockdowns to choose from. But my favorite times of, of lockdown is when it's in spring, like when it's in the warmer weather. Yeah,
0: because I think I, I don't think I've ever really done like a summer lockdown, except for like one of the five day snappy ones. But like too hot, like sweltering inside all day, Blah. Winter, cold, gloomy, Blah. depression. Mm-hmm. Spring and autumn, I would say, sweet spot. Yes. Although I would, I would say, hear me out, would rather just be able to leave the house at will all year round.
1: Hear me out, no lockdown ever again.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> unless, unless scientifically and medically necessary, I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm, let, let me out, buddies. Let me out
1: let me out Um, let me out this
0: is this is not a dance this is no dance I'm stressed We um what have you been dreaming about
1: I guess building onto the quarantine things it's the what I'm gonna do as soon as I leave Mm -hmm. quarantine like I got to go to a drive to the COVID clinic. And let me tell you, I have never felt more free and one with nature before in my life driving down Rockingham to go to the Rockingham General Hospital for a COVID um, clinic.
0: Can you talk me through the fit that you put on <laughs> Okay, to Sorry. go get your COVID test? Because
1: for a lot of people who aren't aware of the Rockingham environment, it is Mark McGowan's actual seat. It is known to be a working class, but coastal city, like 40 minutes south of Perth. Mm-hmm um 40 to an hour depending on how you get there um so it's basically what I'm saying it's not exactly fashion central um with all due respect there are it's class areas in there and I would like to recognize that however mm-hmm. that is not going to stop me in any way shape or form
0: <laughs> <laughs> Rockingham <laughs> general is seeing your fit
1: <laughs> and I love the fit so I obviously me wearing the turtleneck and a jumper is considered artsy for this area yeah that's the type of vibe it's
0: layering
1: Exactly. I wore this with my larynx, with um a my plaid skirt, I wore stockings, nice. I wore nice. docks, nice. I wore my Melbourne sunnies, which are basic in Melbourne, but all the rage of like ultimate trendy alternative in Perth, with my black leather jacket. And I was just a little strutting, like strutting along Rockingham General Hospital, and where nice. you had like people about to go to work in their tradies uniform lining up for a COVID test. And then there was me in my leather jacket, just like
0: we hate to see it, but we also love to see it.
1: A girl boss winning, one might say. A
0: girl <laughs> boss winning. A they <laughs> boss. boss at Rockingham General. <laughs> is
1: your local Rocky and boss? <laughs> like, oh. What's the thing where like, people say you <laughs>
0: no. no, 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 I, I take it back. <laughs> um, I got referred to as a nibbling the other day, and I felt I felt mm, attacked.
1: Just say a slur next time; it would make. Yeah, it honestly.
0: Yeah. If anyone calls me a nibbling, <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll cop it. Also, I just touched my eyes, and I think I have cut some chili today because that stuck real bad.
1: No. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. oh, no. I'm...
0: okay. Chelsea do you want to describe the scene that's happening right yeah now?
1: so I'm just like I am concerned hence why I didn't say anything but uh, we just started like wi- wiping their eyes and now they're sipping out of their barbie bottle and like crying and like smudging their eyes like and like going down like anyway that was not descriptive of any way shape or form but I'm finding it quite okay struggles
0: okay I'm ready to go okay. I'm
1: ready Incredible. what if and about this maladaptive daydreaming, my, Te- my friend Taya has also been daydreaming with me about throwing a 70s party. The issue yes. is neither of us have like a place where we can host a massive rage mm-hmm. I, one, my mum will never let that fly. <laughs> Two, no one wants to pay a $100 Uber to trek out to Rockingham from Perth. Um, <laughs> Taya's got a tiny house, you know, like, and she's got younger sisters who so are still at school um so we're trying to like do an airbnb but airbnb has banned parties so we're really just like living out a dream that cannot be true
0: does wa have the thing this was very popular in the act you could like hire out a scout hall for like a crisp 50 bucks
1: i think you can like i think time was actually mentioning that so maybe i could have a 70s party on the 21st of september
0: yes do it um i think technically you're not allowed to drink in scout halls but like some, some bitch hands you the keys and then they fuck off for the night. So you yeah. can do what you want as long as you clean up well. There was this one scout hall in um, the ACT in Thawa, which is like right at the very bottom of the ACT. It's like a 40-minute drive from everything. It's like paddocks, nothing. Okay. Um, but they would hire it out to like the dodgiest looking 16-year-olds knowing full well they were throwing rages and then asked no questions. So I went to like four or five parties in year 12 in Thawa. Nice. anyways that's a fun little story I do
1: remember my community hall parties which why would you give 16 year olds the keys to that knowing for well but you know what I am thankful for my high school experience
0: thank you to the to the custodians of local halls for enabling teenagers to get drunk
1: thank you so much love you um yes that's what shout outs, <laughs> shout outs to them my, um, I well, want them bosses, my, but yeah, my daydreaming. my daydreaming has just been about, like, freedom. Um, not to be dramatic, but it has been. Yeah,
0: well, you're so close.
1: So close. What have you been daydreaming about, Harvey?
0: Um, so I have a little hobby when I get particularly bored, which is going on Airbnb, searching up a random location, and then just finding the sexiest house, and then being like, what, it would, what would it be like if I was in that house. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Inspired by ABBA's new album. We're going to talk about ABBA more in this Mm -hmm. um, episode. But inspired by ABBA's new, not album, ABBA's two new singles, which, by the way, are immaculate, I thought, why not venture to Sweden on Airbnb? And I found an incredible Airbnb. Can I send you the link?
1: Yes, you can send me the link.
0: I have it ready to go because I knew I was going to talk about it.
1: That's so exciting. Also, I do want to apologize for any background noises that any of the listeners at home will hear. My room is situated at the front of the house, where you can hear the road. So
0: I see. Um, this uh, this um Airbnb is on an island in the <gasps> Stockholm archipelago, so- and it's like it's like a gorgeous little little like cabin.
1: Oh my goodness, it's four hundred dollars a
0: night. It's so expensive. Don't talk about it. um
1: oh she's so beautiful
0: it's so pretty um money does not have to be an object in my maladaptive daydreams and i just thought what if i was there in summer when like the sun doesn't set and i was like riding my bike around a little swedish island reading my book on the pier you know making a little cute dinner which is mostly just like fruits and vegetables in my little in my little swedish kitchen
1: this is so exciting okay listening to ABBA what I'm looking at I'm seeing very white rooms actually but not in the like sterile way because yeah. there's a lot of green greenery around and in the most clever way so you've got the obviously like plants we also have cups that they have green that they have on open display you have green cushions you have mm-hmm. some odd brown figments every now and there but not enough to make it dark it's a very light academia with a hint of like the natural fairy green cottage core and they've got yeah. those beautiful pink armchairs
0: they've got some wallpaper as well like floral wallpaper which I really like and they also have like a really sexy like fully stocked bookshelf and a fireplace mm-hmm. it looks it just looks like a, a really nice time um that's all
1: This is where I want to read Sally Rooney's new book.
0: Yeah. She's very excited. There are many obstacles in the way of me getting there. Um, Mm -hmm. For one, COVID. For two, um, $400 a
1: night. $400 a night. A
0: little little bit past budget.
1: Oh, I want to raise. I've never wanted to be like a housewife, but I would be a housewife for this.
0: For this house, I would be a housewife.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Anyways, that's been my little daydream.
1: Explain your cooking. I want to hear about all your cooking.
0: Um, I've, been, I've been making a lot of soups and like, you know, just hearty, warm things. I also made some vegan cinnamon scrolls, Ooh. which were really tasty, man. Um, vegan cinnamon scrolls are very easy baked good to veganize. Mm-hmm. So if anyone's ever looking for a baked good and they don't want it to taste like shit, do that. I also made a very, very large vegan lasagna. But I bought, I I didn't buy the good vegan cheese, and so it kind of tasted like ass. But that's okay. Yay. Um, And today I made a really good, like, English muffin sandwich um, with some caramelised shallots and then, like, an egg, and some brie that I, like, grilled so it got kind of gooey, um, some Dijon mustard and some spinach.
1: That is immaculate I also did forget what an English muffin was for a short section I forgot you were talking about like the pieces of bread I thought you were like a muffin um it took me a moment but that sounds very exciting
0: I choose like one bread related product to be obsessed with at a time what's I going on?
1: <laughs> hearing in the window mom what sorry I'll go and mute. I'm recording the podcast thing the the uni thing <laughs> hi chelsea's mom harvey says hi mom (laughs) my mom says hi back that was my mom guys that's nice the one that harvey called a MILF.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm now ashamed of my actions
1: (laughs) good that was my point everyone should be ashamed but
0: Mm.
1: (laughs) please i just love embarrassing people who use that term to describe a person
0: um yeah
1: particularly one that's related to me
0: yeah um also it's Father's Day today so happy Father's Day to all the DILFs but not to my dad (laughs) to
1: the DILFs um I was okay when Harvey said Father's Day I had a face reaction and then they said DILFs (laughs) and then I smiled so I I, like really went the The whole (laughs) spectrum
0: of emotions I went
1: through the whole emotion yeah shout out to the DILFs love and respect you all
0: yeah (laughs) Dua dad in particular
1: actually shout out to my friend Ava Greer's dad she posted a picture of him and I was like okay I'll accept that
0: yeah um Ava if you're listening you've got a hot dad that's all every episode I think we should add a new segment where we just um shout out a hot dad
1: shout out shout out to Dilf. I can do that
0: um Paul Rudd hot dad
1: Paul Rudd, Paul Rudd wins constantly
0: yeah um should we crack on to our Topic of the of the episode.
1: Yes, Harvey has been wanting um, this topic for like forever.
0: So this is this is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart because I'm a little bit obsessed with it, and I say this knowing full well that like I said, I was obsessed with the Barbie movies. I said I was obsessed with Wattpad. Both true. I would say above that in my interests.
1: Wait, above Barbie.
0: Yeah, above <laughs> this Barbie. Is,
1: this is serious. This is yeah. A-
0: eurovision snap snap um chelsea what's your been your involvement with eurovision
1: i had a deep think about this and Mm -hmm. growing up i've had a bit of a transition into more so who i associate with watching eurovision growing up context as we all know like classic working class Aussie family so for me Eurovision especially when I was like in high school when I first learned about it was something my rich friends watched (laughs) why is I always associated with like an upper class experience um it wasn't until I moved to Melbourne or like I graduated and I joined a little organization called UNU (laughs) that I found out it's actually like that I associated more with like queer people
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's very gay
1: yeah, so it's had a massive change to what I've associated with rich, like people who I will never relate to, to I think my demographic.
0: I will say, I didn't start watching Eurovision until I was maybe like in my teens and outwardly gay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but the kids who grew up in Eurovision households had an intensity to them that's hard to place, but definitely there.
1: They were also, to be fair like not only were they upper middle class, they were also European, like a lot of these people, and not just like as in six generations go European, as in like their parents were genuine. Yeah.
0: European, so. Or they like really wanted to be.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me just delete. As soon as I talk about Eurovision, slack goes off.
0: <laughs> it's like a um, Yeah. So um, I think Eurovision is one of those things that's a little odd. Because a lot of Australians watch it, um, but I think either it's something that your family was like entirely obsessed with and you know everything about, or you've kind of like never fucking heard of it and never watched a full Eurovision. Have you ever watched a full Eurovision? No, the
1: only one that I've ever... I only started like thinking about it more when Australia was as my favourite European country, as a fellow European, (laughs) when my country, Australia, was represented. And it was... Kate Miller-Heike, because my um family really liked Kate Miller-Heike before. Yeah. They were like, oh my god, she's representing Australia, that's so cool. We're like, we'll watch it. Um, but we watched a couple of her performances. I know, obviously, obviously I know Maniskin, like, I became very obsessed with Maniskin. Yes, so we
0: will also be talking about Maniskin. Yeah.
1: So. Um, so obviously that. But again, it was just something we associated with, like, upper middle class families. So we never really, like, yes.
0: yeah. Very fair. Um, yeah. Eurovision's been going on, like, forever. Um, If you had to guess when Eurovision started, when would you say?
1: I would say, and this is because I know it represents a lot of Euro-political things, I would say during the Cold War.
0: You're not off. So it started in the 50s. Yeah, okay. Um, And it kind of, it started post-World War II as kind of a very, like, soft power, allied forces, cutesy little display mm-hmm. of strength. Um, the first Eurovision only had seven entrants. I haven't written down who they were, so I can't remember them off the top of my head. But it was like who you would expect, you know, yeah. England, France. I want to say Luxembourg. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, over its history, it's grown like exponentially, where there are now 52 countries at, um, who have at like some point or another participated in Eurovision not every country participates every year and some have like just stopped participating altogether. Like Turkey has kind of stopped participating. Morocco, like was in Eurovision for two or three years and then they were like, nah, we're out. This isn't our thing. Uh, um, Morocco mm-hmm. was kind of like, we'll, we'll have a cute couple of years. And then they were like, nah, um, they're not in Europe. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm pretty so we sure. we have no like to standards." <laughs> Um, Something I will say from the get-go, not all countries who participate in Europe are European. Australia was not the first country to do that. Um, Like Morocco is obviously a good example. The UK. Oh, Um, oh, (laughs) spicy. And also one that we will talk about later because it's quite political, but Israel competes in Eurovision. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so not every country participates every year. Usually there's around like 40-ish entrants who end up in each competition. Um, Every country puts forward an act. It takes place over three nights. There's two semifinals. There's one like big daddy grand final. Every country has a jury vote and then also like phone voting where anyone can vote in. Whoever wins the competition gets to host the competition in their country the year after. That's the basic structure. Do you have any questions?
1: I just want Australia to win now, so maybe Perth and Brisbane battle it <laughs> out as a no or Adelaide hosts <laughs> Eurovision. <laughs> imagine- My
0: very firm opinion is that Australia <laughs> has no business competing in Eurovision. Well,
1: yeah, but like, just imagine like the absolute like state rivalry over who <laughs> will compete Eurovision. Just gonna- like Perth just won the AFL. Brisbane won the Olympics.
0: Like. Adelaide hosts Europe. you know how expensive it would be to send everyone to Perth?
1: <laughs> okay, fine. Adelaide. I said Adelaide. Darwin.
0: Darwin. Darwin would be overwhelmed.
1: <laughs> Darwin deserves it. They deserve a win.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but yes to Perth. That's to Darwin, to Darwin our underrated kings.
1: Um I'm not appreciating this Perth Slander. Only <laughs> really, I can participate in this
0: um you know WA stands for wait a while as all the shop attendants used to tell me when I lived in Perth
1: I've never once heard that thanks for telling me
0: yeah you're welcome I'm a local so yeah I kind of as I said before I kind of grew up intermittently watching Eurovision and I got really into it in late high school because I was gay um I was gay the whole time but because I was like you know clapping cheeks and whatnot I hate, hated saying
1: that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a rosemary or some form of Catholic like thing rolling around here. I'm, I feel like it's being <laughs> this
0: Um, For my witchy ladies, please burn some sage for me. Um, but yeah, kind of what got me into Eurovision was like how campy it is, for sure. Um, I think one of the most intriguing phenomenon Of Eurovision is that, like, for how many years it's been running and how many people watch it every year, surprisingly few acts have gotten famous from it. Um, Like, it's churned out a lot of like B list national treasures, like, a lot of B list national treasures. Um, And there are like a few notable exceptions to this rule. Um, Of course, ABBA. I didn't know uh, Abba was okay. a
1: Eurovision thing. Yeah, I Abba just got their start finding-
0: in Eurovision. Stop! Um, sometime in the 70s, they performed Waterloo. It was their big break.
1: What yeah, a incredible.
0: Um, Bonnie Tyler of Total Clips of the Heart fame. What? <laughs> yeah, she, she got her start in Eurovision. Um, Celine country? Dion as well.
1: Celine Dion, the Canadian...
0: Uh, Um, she didn't compete for Canada. I didn't even know she was Canadian. I think she competed for, like, Switzerland.
1: Oh, I I thought thought she was Canadian. I mean, she's blonde, so it makes sense. Yeah,
0: she is Canadian, but wait. What? Who did she compete for? Um, Switzerland, yeah. She got her start in Eurovision. Um, there's also been some, like, songs from Eurovision that have kind of become, like, mainstream club bangers, um like Euphoria by Lorreen, which I think was a couple years ago. <laughs> Euphoria. Yeah, it's a good song. Um, and I also want to go out on a limb and I say that I think Maniskin, who won this year, has kind of extended beyond Eurovision fame. Oh, yeah. And will continue to extend beyond Eurovision fame. And I think it's because they're sexy.
1: Oh, yeah. The same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damien yeah. like I remember so many people reposting Damien without even knowing that, that he was an artist that everyone was just like wow he's cute and they just reposted and yeah. then they discovered I mean,
0: they're really they're like all really hot they're not they're not like very like on brand for Eurovision success yeah um but I love that for them I think they will ascend Eurovision fans but the point I'm trying to make here is that for a show that's been going since the 50s I can name like four people who have ascended their Eurovision fame, which is not Mm many in the grand scheme of things. Um, And my hypothesis for why this is, is because Eurovision is not about releasing good songs. It's not about being a good singer. Um, It's about being camp. (laughs) (laughs) I think we need a sound effect where whenever, um, like one of us says camp, there's like a reverb and it's like camp, 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 camp. Camp, 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 camp. Camp, 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 camp. With
1: my remaining two um days of quarantine, I'll see what I can do.
0: (laughs) Okay, yay. I'm excited to see where this adventure takes you. Um, And I know, like, I got to say, Campness is something that Chelsea and I throw out with less tact than we ought to and often without any concrete backing. Um, I think everything
1: is camp is camp. But anyway.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, But I think like unlike Barbie movies or like a lot of other media we've talked about where it can kind of be like read as camp, Eurovision is like very intentionally camp. Like the point is to be camp um most of the winners do put up decent songs um and like can sing but I'd say most of the contestants in Eurovision don't lead towards doing classy things they lead towards being like ginormous tacky and prop filled um and like it's kind of, it's like a competition of camp. It's not, it's not like camp by accident. So I struggled with how to convey the campness in a podcast because Eurovision is incredibly visual. Um, so my solution to this is that I've made a little PowerPoint. What I'm going to do is I'm going to show Chelsea some photos and videos, and you're going to describe to our listeners mm-hmm. what you're seeing. <laughs> Let me just pull up my PowerPoint.
1: Knowing my ability to think on the spot when, like, brain fried, I would just be saying, I'm seeing camp. <laughs> like, that's probably...
0: Fun. Yeah, which out. is fine. Um, I'll also maybe upload this PowerPoint to our Instagram or to our link tree mm-hmm. if people want to watch along at home. At um, let me underscore pot. Yes, thank you, Chelsea. Did I get it right? <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> cool. working now. Okay. Um... This is our first slide. What are you seeing, Chelsea?
1: I see. I was about to say, okay, so we have a trio. On the outside, we have two people in sparkly, like, dark grey suits. They're, like, you can tell they're, like, mid-dance. Kind of thriving. And then in the middle, we have yeah. someone with what looks like a blonde wig. With, is that, like, a record player?
0: Um, It's a fake... Like DJ turntable.
1: Okay, a fake, yeah, that. Um, a fake DJ turntable. <laughs> <Same thing. laughs> um, a fake DJ turntable and this like absolute, it's almost like it's a 20s flapper dress, but it's not because it's got like sleeves and it's got like a fake collar and it's pink.
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, cool. um, next.
1: Okay, I see three people. <laughs>
0: I will say they are all drag queens.
1: They are all drag queens. I had no idea the context, so I said people. But, yes, they are three drag queens in a red pantsuit, very much boss energy. But here's the thing. It is, like, sparkly red, and they've got, like, white stockings and red high heel shoes. And they're, like, in a little trio.
0: Yeah, cute. Also, um, off-screen, so you can't see it, but they're backup singers with three um, women. Sorry. Were three women in like slouchy pilot suits.
1: Ooh, oh, with so like, like little pilot hats. Air pilots. hostesses. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, continuing on the air hostess theme, Stop. we have a video. Oh wait, no, this is not our air hostess theme. Park that one in the garage. Um, here's a little clip. Tell me if you can't. Can you hear that? Yes, I can. Okay, cool.
1: Wait, is she really like, crawling? Oh, she's like taking like
0: men along in like a leash. Sorry, what is it that you've seen, Chelsea? Okay,
1: I can't actually hear much, but what I'm seeing is I'm seeing this lady. I will say that like my Wi Fi is very bad, so it was a bit lagged, but she's in like a little purple, like green, like kind of Ariel esque dress. And she's like, she was like at the beginning dragging these two like men who looks like they were crawling or like being animalistic <laughs> with like a leash. And then they released and they disappeared. But yeah.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Cool. I'm okay, sorry. next we have this is the flight attendant one.
1: Oh my god, stop! This is so much fun. Okay, so. <laughs> Not even Harvey can see me right now, but I'm dancing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, Chelsea what have you seen?
1: So we have like this make do it looks like a dance competition set um, of like a dance mums episode where it looks like they're trying to make up the inside of a plane you've got two people on being like the passengers in the back like red and green frilly flapper I see a lot of flapper inspired costumes yeah and um, we've got like the air hostesses in blue costumes and two I don't know if they're air- meant to be pilots or air hostesses, but two men in like blue suits, which is the same like color palette as the air hostess. Yeah.
0: Um, and one of them holds up a giant bag of nuts and says, Would you like any nuts, sir? And I think that was also a bit camp, if I, I do say so funny. myself. <laughs>
1: Humorous, one might say.
0: Oh my god, the silver. <laughs> um <laughs> this one's intense.
1: I'm so excited. Oh my God! <laughs> for the view, for the, like the list. Chelsea, listeners, what are you saying? Okay, one from like what Harvey was doing. Harvey was like full of like fist pumping the air, like pumping their chest, like going on. I see. Almost a like what Doja Cat wishes in terms of like an alien planet her vibe of just like it's ukraine and i feel like that's important to say don't ask me why but in their like bright silvery costumes and it was because like from what i can get of the sound it was very like uns, 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 like europe yes. pop edm and that were just like silver <laughs> just like silver like, they had three disco balls like at the back and i love a good disco ball it looks like that's meant to be disco um- balls
0: also, Verka, who's the lead singer and also a drag queen, has a giant silver star on top of their head. I thought it
1: was a tinfoil hat. And I was about to ask if I didn't realize it was a star. That's so exciting. Oh, it's a star. It's like a
0: it's like a disco ball bald cap with a giant star on top of it.
1: I love everything about it. We all know how much I feel about disco balls. I love disco balls.
0: Yeah. Um, camp.
1: Camp, one might say.
0: Camp um moving on this one may not at first look camp wait you have to be able to hear this one to get why it's camp so okay. can you hear the songs at all or is it just through my head a first? little
1: bit like i get the vibe of the song but like the people i don't know okay if,
0: it's cool. if i how do i here's the next clip the leo, the leo. Sing it! This show, the spark that makes you glow, you it's always run away, really. you always say no to the right things, don't try to hide the light inside of you, you take my beat until when you make it baby, so bring it on, bring it on, I'm a dreamer, if you don't breathe, you come to see me, I will teach if you. Never t- Chelsea, what have you witnessed?
1: Oh my god, that was like the greatest like romance duet of all time. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah. surprised. This is. I Glee ended before this ad. It looks like. This looks like an ad in 2017. Because I can see Glee doing this. It's like a mashup. Glee
0: would have crushed this. Glee
1: would have done so well. But it basically looks like. Um. You know, like it reminds me of like. You know the. Shooting stars, like airplanes. Where like. Oh, what is it? Haley Williams was in a song with like B O B or something. Can we put yeah. in the night skies like shooting stars? It's like that sort of energy of a song. But then they just yodel. <laughs> yeah. Like, Yodel it!
0: I love yeah, it. Yeah, so there are two performers in this: um, a man who does, I think it would be generous to call it rapping, um, white boy spoken word, if you will. Yes. And a woman who yodels. Mm-hmm. And the song is called Yodel It. That's all. I think that's. Moving
1: <laughs> I genuinely think that's the best. Right. Like love.
0: Um, here's another one from the same year. It happens every day. Hold out your hand, don't let it slip away.
1: Yo so che esiste, guarda me io su. Ritorna ogni giorno, provando sempre più. Okay, <laughs> sorry. I think I actually remember this. This looks like very familiar. But there is like a man in a suit. And at first you think, what's Camp about that? Well
0: um, we wait, are. can I correct you for a second? Oh. He's wearing a motto jacket, like a leather motto jacket with coattails.
1: With coattails. Sorry. This <laughs> is apologies for not knowing how dare you. Not knowing the intricacies of suits. Um, but in the background, are, like one, like the production and the set design, which I love is like you know the 80s like sort of style of like people like images and like videos like like opaquing like blurring over each other
0: like this it's like um in greece where olivia newton john is is singing in the bleachers and behind her is a giant projection of her own face
1: yes it is that like that two of them and like the vibes of i don't know if anyone saw tales of willow's performance but like the dark green with like the night it's like that sort of experience. And then you have like a, like a cello pe- player, though I'm pretty sure I hear other instruments. So I don't know why they only chose to spotlight the cello.
0: Um, this is actually a continual theme. And another, I want to say really camp thing about Eurovision is for quite a while, um, there are no live instruments allowed in performances. So every instrument you see played in a Eurovision act after the 80s, I'm pretty sure, is just someone fake playing an instrument.
1: I was going to say, I'm pretty sure there are no strings on that cello. Like, looking at it, I cannot see a string.
0: Yeah, look. Um, and sometimes they're good at fake playing their instruments, and sometimes they're just, like, absolutely not giving a shit. Um, very fun.
1: Wait, but With I thought- this
0: song, the reason I think it's so camp is because um, this man sings half of this song, and then the other half of the song he also sings, but um, in, like, Italian opera.
1: I love that for him.
0: Yeah, and it's really Croatia cute. as
1: well. That is called International Relations, right there. Yeah, man.
0: Hey, yeah. yeah. Um, so, shout out to Jacques from Croatia, our beautiful man. Yes.
1: Wait.
0: And it happened.
1: Wait, Madison's like a rock band. How did they not have instruments? Were they not playing instruments the entire time? They were not
0: playing their instruments live. No.
1: What? No, they look so cool. How did I not know that? Oh, grandfather. They can
0: all play their instruments.
1: Yeah, I know they can. But- <laughs>
0: But they were not playing them live at Eurovision. Okay, kind of crazy. Um, this one has like, um, the vibes of like a lesbian who I would let walk over me. Just, okay. just putting that out there to start with. <laughs>
1: Chelsea, please explain. Oh, my goodness. So one, is this a TikTok sound or has it been played clubbing before? Because I most definitely have heard that opening somewhere.
0: It's possible that either of those things are true.
1: You know what? it probably is both. Um, okay, so there is a very tall, like regal looking woman wearing a slim black dress but but with like a green like feather like shoulder, shawl, fairy thing. It going looks on. like
0: a sneed
1: a sneed, yes i, I like wonder if she need. too speaks for the trees but yes it looks like a thneed <laughs> sorry that was a bad lorax joke but it does and then like but she's the only color you can see on stage and there's like backup dancers who are doing these very like i would say like this is a very like it's eastern european contemporary dance which is like a style <laughs> of contemporary dance so that's probably not helpful for a lot of people in terms of okay, like Johnson. how they're being like and they're kind of robotic in their movements And then there's like, of course, I'm focusing on the dancers, but there's also like white
0: dancing with like ring lights as props. Ring lights,
1: yes. And then you've got (laughs) fake trees and then you've got this holographic design in the background of what I thought were birds, but they're people like doing yoga poses.
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. If anyone's confused by these descriptions, Chelsea's not fucking it up. It's just that strange.
1: (laughs) This is the best I've ever described anything before in my life. I think I found my new passion. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This is, I've put the next two in to prove that um, Eurovision's Campness is not a recent thing. So this is from the 80s, I think. Yeah, 81. Chelsea, what have you witnessed?
1: Oh, my goodness. So, basically, there's, like, they're all a different primary color except for green because green is, like, in this as well. Kind of like the Wiggles, one might say. There are two men and then there are two women on the other side. Um, it looks like in the beginning of what I saw, a woman whacked the guy in the face by accident. <laughs> and I just think that's funny. Um, and they're just, like, singing on, like, a little, like, microphones. But they're doing, like, the quirky little, like, 80s, like, wham dance moves, which I appreciate. And then... um. Like, halfway through, like, the two men, like, rip the skirts off the two girls, but there's this another skirt underneath, which I think is very fun. Um, It is, like, a classic, like, <laughs> hyper jazz sort of move of the 80s.
0: Yeah. Um, this one is, like, very old school. This is also my favourite Eurovision performance of all time. Fun facts. Ooh. Because I... I'm a bit vintage. What can I say?
1: I don't revision watches.
0: Please appreciate it. This is from the 60s.
1: Chelsea, what have you witnessed? Oh my goodness. So a couple things I want to point out. One, 1969. <laughs> lol. Um, two, she <laughs> was like full of dancing, like ch- like chess bumping, like King Kong over there. And I was really appreciating that. Okay. I think there's a lot of things to talk about. I think the performance alone is in the costume. The costume is like a full yeah. suit. T- is it teal blue, aqua blue? I don't know my blues. Yeah, it's
0: one of those. It's
1: one of those. Like, fringe, like, get up. And these almost, like, I wouldn't say it's a pearl necklace, but on top of that, these, like, chunky, like, pearl-like beads, except oval shape. And she's just dancing and because it's like, it's like a flamenco sort of style of dance for any of the dancer back home, but, um, <laughs> I don't know what the famous Spanish national dance is, but because of the way the costume is, that is like taking up so much of my attention to the point where I can't see like the distinguished dance moves. And I think that's the greatest thing I've ever seen before in my life. Yeah,
0: um, It's made entirely with Swarovski crystals. Oh my God. Um, and it's like fringe and she just like shimmies and it kind of just like it takes on a whole life of its own um I haven't said the names of the songs which I should probably do but I will say the name of this one because it's important it's Spain's entry from 1969 and it's called Viva Contando and it's so good I watch it at least once a week to cheer me up and it starts out really slow and then it gets faster as she goes along and she shimmies faster and faster oh my goodness. it's so good yeah but like this is just to prove it's been camp since the 60s you know like yes. it we, we've been doing camp this one's a little intense chelsea what have you witnessed
1: like i only it was very lagged but it looks like soft hardcore porn i'm not gonna lie like the title is we are slavic and it's like one these upbeat like techno beats but they were like doing the typical like it was like she was like doing the milkmaid sort of style. um she was
0: churning butter
1: churning butter mm-hmm. yes but in a very like sexual way to the point where i could yeah. not take it seriously
0: um this woman with ginormous titties like mm-hmm. giant titties don't mean to objectify her but her titties are ginormous um is in like a milkmaid costume churning butter that's yeah. all that's
1: it. The identity, I guess.
0: Um, I'm also just going to speed round of some camp props. Here's a giant oh, hamster really? wheel. Here's a piano. Um, here's a disco. Oh my moon. goodness! Um, this isn't like this is just camp. Um, uh, here's a disco cannon. Um, here's someone setting a piano on fire. I love it. Uh, that's all.
1: Maybe bridges at SNL. <laughs> the next SNL should be like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, uh, so those are kind of, these are the things I've shown you to highlight the campness of Eurovision. This PowerPoint was difficult to make because like the majority of performances in Eurovision are like that. Like it was hard to pick which ones to show you because all of them are like that. Um, But I think the reason why Eurovision is such a microcosm is because the songs are bad. Like know, the songs I have, like, are bad.
1: Hung up on the yodel. <laughs> <laughs> yodel.
0: Like no one's listening to these songs, but that. I love it. It's so gay. Mm-hmm. It's so camp. It's incredible. Um, however, I have a little rant to go on because I think there's kind of an evil twin situation whenever there's like an abundance of queerness and campness in one space um which is that if the aesthetic of something is to be camp there's also going to be pink washing um this is done in a couple ways one of the ways is just like there's a lot of um like homophobic countries that do like very homoerotic performances um i'm going to show you one more brief clip so yeah a big problem is quite homophobic countries not like doing anything like blatantly in favor of lgbtq people but doing things that are very gay um so this is russia's performance in 2008 which is the only time russia's won
1: Okay. So they were like, there was like a man, in a. they were all wearing white and the singer singing about like, there's nothing I can't do if I just like believe like very like Disney-esque style lyrics. And then there are these like two men dancing around them, but in a way that is quite like, you know, there's like a specific where they do like a lot of movements that if you were like a choreographer, you would give to like the girls. So like if you are a if you're like a dancer, they're doing like the feminine movements that are associated with like, for the go- people, characters who are playing a girl, which I think is important to say in this context from yeah. what I think you're about to say.
0: Um, uh, yeah, one of them is fake ice skating, in which he's wearing ice skates, but is not on ice, um, which I think kind of gay, if I'm being honest. And also at a point, um, Dima Balan, the singer, rips his shirt open, very gay um but like they kind of got away with it because it's just like the aesthetic of eurovision um but then there are examples where it's like a lot more blatant and this is where i'm going to talk about israel Woo! <laughs> not so much um so israel has been like quite a successful country in eurovision um they've won four times which is quite a lot Um, And they've also never placed last. So like they do well, um, and to a certain extent, that means that like public opinion of them is not poor enough to affect their Eurovision results, which is not always the case. Like the UK gets one point every year since Brexit has happened. Um, And Israel in many ways, not just through Eurovision, tries to kind of placate their international reputation through being like very publicly and staunchly pro-LGBTQ um, like they advertise themselves as a good like gay travel destination and they're very like um they tote social progressiveness um which of course like they're not progressive it's just a soft tool pa- like soft power tool to win them favor um and this is like super super apparent in Israel's Eurovision entries especially their wins um in 1998 they won with a com- competitor. Um, called Dana International who's trans Um, and kind of like a trans person winning an international competition in 1998 is like so baffling considering like what trans representation was like at the time Um, and I think like is a testament to how progressive in a lot of ways Eurovision is but at the same time um, like It's also like Eurovision being outwardly progressive in camp, I'm sorry, Israel being outwardly progressive in camp in a way that kind of situates them politically with like progressive ideals that they don't embody Um, and is very much a nation branding tool. Also, they won in 2018 um, and their song was called, I can't remember what it's called, but the main line of the song was, I'm not your toy, you stupid boy. And it was in the year that kind of me too broke um Mm -hmm. and very much like bought into that like progressive dogma at the time to bolster their public image um so i think like eurovision is like by its byline not political um like they say no political um imagery is allowed Um, In any of their performances, um, and you're not allowed to make political statements, but also, like, it's so inherently political. Like, they've put 40 countries across the world in a room together as, like, an exercise of soft power. It started out as an exercise of soft power, like, after World War II as a nation building tool. A lot of countries, especially um, at the fall of the Soviet um, Union, like, put in Eurovision bids at the same time they were trying to join the EU um, as like a kind of soft power tool. And um, there's like voting blocks, like Greece and Cyprus vote for each other every year. So it's this thing where they're like, oh, we're just about peace and love and happiness where this camp like little, you know, silly display that no one takes seriously. But at the same time, like they're allowing Israel to like present themselves as this like progressive haven mm-hmm. and they're allowing um, you know a lot of really homophobic countries to host these competitions even though a lot of the competitors are queer and those countries aren't like safe or supportive environments for those competitors to be in. Um, so there's kind of like a double-edged sword when it comes to Eurovision where it's so inherently political but refuses so much to take accountability for that that it ends in a bit of a shit fight. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my rant on that.
1: No, I think everything you said was kind of spot on and it's definitely a lot of people downplay the relevance that cultural like cultural imagery has on like a country's own power and their own views. Like I think yeah. one interesting thing to keep an eye out is how k-pop is going to do that um and how yeah. that rises i think that's another example like america can situate their powers all the time via hollywood like obviously they also have the military power but yeah. one of the things where there's strong cultural relevance is hollywood um and i like, think your vision isn't so much
0: of our culture is built through media mm-hmm.
1: yeah like the idea of like italy is having a good year this year because of Eurovision and Luca and, like, the heroes <laughs> or whatever it was. Like, they're having a good year this year. They're having a real, how... like, you know, rebranding
0: yeah, they're Italy re-branding. as a country. Yeah. And, like, um, the year that Israel hosted after they won in 2018, like, all of their, like, little short reels were just, like, tourism campaigns for Israel, mm-hmm. making it look like this, like, great, progressive, amazing tourist location. And, like, that was allowed because public opinion was in favour of it enough that, like, people voted for that song. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I will continue to love and watch Eurovision because I think, like, it is such an incredible display of camp monstrosity. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, like... I would really like to see Eurovision be more accountable for the fact that they, it's not like they've happened to like step their foot in some political situations recently, like be more accountable for the fact that like they have been political this whole time. Yeah. Well, there's
1: always a responsibility, and whether this is, like, a social or political responsibility, and when you create something entertaining or, like, deemed beautiful and attractive, like, there's always a responsibility you have to grab because that automatically sways people's emotions to favour that thing more.
0: Yeah, and, like, they're making so much money off the queer consumer. Like, most of the bitches who watch Eurovision are gay. Um, I don't have the statistics on that, but most of the bitches who watch Eurovision are gay. Yeah, I know. Um, I've hosted a Eurovision party before. Those bitches were gay. But I think they're, like, not willing to put themselves on the line in any way, shape, or form for those consumers. Yeah. Um, as well as, like, um, like outside of the queer community as well, like, not willing to put themselves on the line. Like, why the fuck is Israel competing? They're not even in fucking Europe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they have money which is the same reason we're competing um so yeah interesting interesting I I didn't come up with a good conclusion for this episode um Chelsea what are your remarks after me walking you through the the heinous um and at times wonderful song contest that is Eurovision this
1: is really like just reminding me of you know the Legally Blonde song Gay or European (laughs) like the idea is like is it gay (laughs) or is it just european (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's my assumption of it um i do love maniskin it's odd that like maniskin is very rock though one thing i couldn't help notice was how different like maniskin's music was to everything yeah
0: like eurovision has a very particular like euro pop sound i will say often the people who win deviate from that a little bit um like in, I think it was oh, 2019, like there's really, really sad Portuguese ballad one. And it's yeah. often a lot of like white boys on piano, I would say are the most frequent winners of Eurovision. A lot of power ballads win. Um, but I would say like, if you look at winners versus like the bulk of com- competitors,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I would say the like mid block is where you get all the good campy stuff. like. The fucking we are Slavic butter churners are not winning Eurovision. <laughs>
1: yeah, I can't not see them getting like an esteem of <laughs> political importance yeah. anytime soon. But yeah, you no. know. I just, I'm going to listen to Gale European now. And I just think that relates to a lot of cultural moments.
0: <laughs> Yay. Um, well, I think that's our episode for today. Um, as I said last episode, everyone, uh, stay tight and hang loose. <laughs> At all. But, see you next week, guys. Cool. Bye. Bye. and crispy locks.
1: Look at his silk, translucent socks.
0: There's the eternal paradox. Look what we're seeing. What are we seeing? Is he gay, gay. or European? Deep I have a big announcement. This man is gay and European. He's gay and European. He's gay and European. I'm gay. Oh. No.